When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I'm Daniel Yafisi. I'm David Neal. <laughs> it's David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are back after a little sabbatical end of the season. We took a little break, but we're back for Super Bowl week to talk all things Dolphins with a little bit of a little bit of Super Bowl sprinkled in. As you can tell from my surroundings, I am not in South Florida. I am in Phoenix right now uh, to cover everything going on in the Super Bowl week. And uh, the Super Bowl on uh, Sunday night at State Farm Stadium. We got a lot to get into, uh, but before we start, as always, make sure to subscribe to my Hero YouTube page, like, share, comment, all that good stuff. Subscribe to the Miami Herald. Okay, as always, read, read, always, always read his stuff. You, you can read here. my stuff. You can read. You can read about the Dolphins hiring your defensive coordinator. You can read about Vontae Davis getting arrested. You can read about. You know, gang people, gangs trying to rob a, you know, son of a couple of, you know, BSO and Fort Lauderdale police employees because for his marijuana stash and going to federal prison for it. You know, you, you know, you can read about them firing, a, you know, their offensive line coordinator or who they're going to get, you know, to play linebacker, a cornerback. You can get all that. <laughs> Subscribe to the Miami Herald. We got it all, and you kind of teased, you kind of teased what we were gonna gonna start off with, start off with. Uh, you know, it hasn't been that quiet for the Dolphins since their season ended a couple weeks ago. Um, they are reshaping coaching staff, uh, getting ready to reshape the roster. Uh, with free agency uh, set to start uh, in about a month. Um, but first things first, we got to talk about some of the biggest news uh, since the season ended. Uh, the biggest coaching change uh, that Mike McDaniel made. It's actually been a year since he was hired as, as head coach of the Dolphins, um, but he made a big move to fire defensive coordinator Josh Boyer. Um, Josh Boyer was obviously uh, the biggest holdover from the Brian Flores, uh, I guess, regime. He, um, you know, started off as cornerbacks coach, was elevated to defense coordinator, had been in that role for the past three seasons. We all know we've talked about the struggles that defense faced. A lot of it was because of injuries. A lot of it was self-inflicted. A lot of, uh, you know, just regression and uh, really, uh, you know, less than expected performances this season. So Mike McDaniel decides to part ways. Uh, in the coming days after uh, the that news came out, we heard about 
a number of coordinators that the Dolphins were interviewing for that vacancy. Um, the biggest name, Vic Fangio, longtime defensive coordinator, has actually been spending this season as a defensive consultant for the Eagles. Um, he was among those interviewees. Is, is that right? Interviewees. Interviewees. Thank you. Hey, that's why I'm a writer, not an editor. Um, and uh, news broke out about. <laughs> and news broke out about a. Uh, about a week ago that um, the team had agreed to terms with Vic Banjo. A lot of excitement in South Florida, um, but not too long after that, and it was also confirmed by the Miami Herald that the team had agreed to terms to bring uh, Vic Banjo in as a defensive coordinator. Obviously, not too long after that, he told some reporters in Denver, some reporters in San Francisco, uh, that no deal had been finalized. And that kind of sent a lot of fans uh, down here, I guess down in Miami, and so a little bit of a concern, confusion, you know, a lot of mixed emotions. Um, later on, ESPN uh, reported that Big Banjo has indeed decided to accept the Dolphins' position, but after the Super Bowl, um, and he is set to join the staff. Uh, so we had a lot. We had we had a lot going on uh, the past two weeks. Is Vic Fangio coming? Is he not? It looks like he is. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was looking for uh, Vic Fangio at opening night uh, at the Footprint Center, the little uh, multi-purpose big arena that they have. I was I was looking for him, could not find him. Um, but you know, I spoke to defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon about Vic Fangio, and he spoke very highly of him. Um, so by all accounts, it seems like a, this is a smash hit for the Dolphins. Um, you know, he's been a long time, I say he's been a long time defensive coordinator in the NFL. A lot of his principles and philosophies have been adopted by uh, his, his protégés and his, and his, uh, you know, his mentees, and they've kind of sprouted across the NFL. And it really, you know, marks a philosophical change. I mean, we're so used to, you know, this Dolphins defense blitzing and sending extra rushers and, you know, leaving the cornerbacks on the island. And I feel like it's going to be a lot different with Vic Fangio. I mean, he plays a lot of more, a lot more zone. Um, you know, keeps a lot of his guys back, doesn't blitz as much, um, nearly as much as uh, Flores or Josh Boyer did. And it seems like on paper it's a good move. I mean, we talked, you know, the entire season about, you know, how this is a passing league, you know, how you got to be dynamic on offense. And it seems like uh, this approach has been has been pretty successful in kind of stymieing these uh, explosive passing offenses where you put a lot more guys in coverage. You hope that, you know, you can – get to the quarterback with four, maybe five, um, but put most of your guys in coverage and not have to play that man, that man coverage, you know, at a, at a very, very high rate. I mean, the Dolphins, like they lived in man coverage. That's all they did. Um, and I think it really backfired on them, obviously with uh, Byron Jones uh, being out, Xavier Howard being injured, some other injuries to the secondary really bit them. Um, they weren't able to adjust. Um, I think with Vic Vangio coming along, I mean, it's you know I don't think it's going to be like an overnight kind of one eighty in their top ten defense. I mean they got to bring some pieces in. This is not a this is defense that's talented, but they they got to um, add some some talent to really uh, you know fill out that that unit. But um, on paper, this looks like this could be a really really uh, big time hire for the Dolphins. Who um, despite how the season ended or whatnot, I think that there are a lot of a lot of Dolphins fans that say, hey, health permitting, we may have been in you know preparing for a game in 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 phoenix or i guess glendale uh this weekend as well um so if you do view the dolphins as kind of being like one step away um this is the type of move that could potentially bridge that gap between being playoff team and a legit contender for the super bowl what do you think uh i think it's a great hire because i think Vic fangio is a 
one of these guys, um, a little bit like a Wade Phillips, um, yeah. who great defensive coordinator. You know, he got his head coaching shot. Uh, you know, the personnel probably not the best situation in Denver, uh, as proven by they. You know, they bring in. You know, they traded for Russ and gave him a lot of money uh, to start with. But you know, maybe this is he. he he's a guy who's going to be a great defensive coordinator, and maybe you know that's where he needs to be. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a matter of getting. I, I think sometimes with certain coordinators, actually a lot of coordinators, it's a matter of does your roster fit? You you want coaches. Ideally, you'd love them to be able to adjust to the roster they have. But most coaches, they have a certain thing they like to do. They have a certain way they like to play, and they have certain type of players they like to have with that. I mean, they're, they're a lot more, you know, Bill Belichick's than there are Don Shula's. Um, and uh, as long as the Dolphins can get the kind of players that Fangio wants at each at each level, you know, it's probably going to work out pretty well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's say it, now it's a matter of getting, you know, getting that getting that roster that fits what he wants to do, and you know, it's you know, obviously, it's a big play league. Limiting big plays is is you know the huge thing. It's I mean you know it's why the Dolphins on offense you know they they want a big play offense because that's the kind of league it is right now, and and has been really for the last like twenty years. And uh, his defense, NJ's defense, you know, definitely limits limits things more. Uh, if you it does rely on getting the quarterback with, without sending extra guys, and you know, if you can't do that, you're gonna have a problem. You're gonna have a problem um, because yeah, it doesn't matter how many guys you doesn't matter how many guys you put back there. I mean, somebody's gonna get open. Eventually. Yeah, somebody's gonna get open, or somebody's gonna have, have an illegal contact. Somebody's gonna right. You know, it's it's too hard with the way things are called. Um, and the way, you know, and the receivers you have running around out there, uh, it's, it's a little too hard to cover them for too long. So, yeah, it, but it's uh, the potential defensive coordinators. Um, you know, he's he's the best proven one that's out that's out there. So, yeah, you know. Good, good for the Dolphins. You know, hope hopefully it's uh it's a good fit for them, and it's a good fit for him. Yeah, it was, it was definitely uh kind of one of those things that seemed like it was kind of a, a long time coming. You know, when McDaniel was hired um, last year, you know he uh, Vic, uh, Vic Bangio was linked. I mean, he uh, had just you know recently been let go as uh, the Broncos head coach after three years. He was linked to the Dolphins. Ultimately, um, you know, uh, McDaniel decided to keep Barr and a lot of the uh, main defensive assistants. Um, but now they're, you know, they're seemingly reunited, um, you know, for the 2023 season. And, and like you said, I mean, it's, uh, um, 
these definitely like he like he there's definitely a clear path that they that they wanted to go with the defense. So now they have to bring the guys in. I think that they probably have to bring in another another safety. They're gonna have to revamp that linebacker core because a lot of those guys that are becoming free agents. Um, uh, you know, they probably might have to add another defensive lineman depending on you know uh, you know how you see maybe the Agba situation or um, you know some of the guys that they have there. But you know, again, I think the pieces are, are in place. Um, and, I, and I think that it, it might not be an overnight type of type of deal, but there's talent where, um, you know, I think that the expectation should definitely be that they're, you know, they're marginally better than than last year. And they were kind of a average, but they were like an average at best type of defense that that stepped up in certain situations. I think the, def- the expectation is definitely, you know, they got to be they got to be better to kind of um, complement the, the offense that really improved. Um so the second big coaching move uh, that came that's come out since uh, the end of the season is, and this is really uh, the surprise um, so far, is the Dolphins letting go of offensive line coach Matt Applebaum. Um, he's a member of McDaniel's inaugural staff. Um, they brought him over from Boston College where he had the same exact um, position. Um, he was kind of had the reputation of developing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of college offensive linemen into the pros. Um Really enjoyed talking with him, you know, in press conferences and whatnot. It looked like he was doing a pretty good job um, this season, but obviously we we saw the the struggles that the offensive had, offensive line had, specifically with injuries. I believe they had nine different starting offensive line combinations, a lot of mixing and matching guys. Um, two of the really young offensive linemen, Austin Jackson, being Leichenberg, didn't really um, get, well. They they dealt with injuries that didn't really allow them to you know to really develop this season. Um, so again, uh, definitely a bit of a, a surprise. Um, especially, you know, considering the injuries, I thought that they, they, they may do with, you know, guys in our lineup, you know, for as well as Sean Armstead played. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, he was in not the lineup, missed about four games. I mean, there's just not much you can do when, you know, your starting left tackle is missing four games, your right tackles out for majority of the season, your left guards out. Um, you know, it's just, I mean, the only stable position that they had were center and right guard the entire year. I mean, those guys played all 17 games, I believe. Um, so I, I think it was just kind of a tough position for anybody there. This is kind of one of the the, the deals where I'm going to say, all right, given the strides that McDaniel made with this offense in year one, as much of a surprise as it is, I'm not going to question it because, you know, he did, he, he did some really good things. Obviously, this continues a trend of the Dolphins not being able to retain offensive line coach coaches. Um, I believe this might be like their ninth in the past decade that they're going to hire. I mean, they 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 burnt through them. So I mean, even dating back to you know, Brian Flores and before, um, you know, they've they've they haven't been able to to maintain a consistent offensive line coach. Um, and obviously, that's part probably part of the reason why offensive line has been such a sore spot for this franchise over the past shoot, decade plus. Um, so why did I mean, they, why did they fire? Well, well, the, no, there's no, it's really no, I mean, we haven't spoken to McDaniel yet. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that that's the question that I'll be asking, you know, when we speak to him at the combine. Um, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of times after year one, maybe you see, you see, you know, a lot. A lot of times, I feel like a lot of those first year changes maybe philosophical. It's like, all right, you know, the way you're going about it. Maybe we want to get somebody. In. I I think that obviously they're, they're trying. They're, they're probably most likely. I'm I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure they're going to get somebody that's much more established and is a veteran proven uh, teacher and developer of NFL offensive linemen because you no, know, they brought 
Matt Applebaum in year one. I mean, they had a they had a lot of youth on that uh, on that offensive coaching staff. You know, led first by McDaniel. Um, so, and you know, Matt Applebaum was as well a, a first year offensive line coach in the NFL. Um, so, I'm sure that they want to get somebody to really stabilize that position because they saw, you know, how along with the with the injuries, how you know some of the guys didn't develop at maybe the rate that they would have hoped for. Um, They've already reportedly been interviewing some guys. You know, I'm sure that you know something might come out. You know, in the, in the coming in the coming weeks. Um, but again, I, I, me personally, I feel like it's one of those deals where you know McDaniel has done so much right for the offense that I'm kind of willing to. Hey, all right, if you think that it's best to go in a separate direction, all right, I'll let, let's bring the new guy in and see how that goes, and then we can start to kind of uh, you know criticize your your, your decision making. I think that again on the defensive side. Um, it was clear that you know Boyer w- could have been a one one and done type of type of deal. I mean, it was clear that um, you, he was a, he was a holdover, you know. And you know, I, I think that in that McDaniel, no, I thought that I, w- I was not surprised by him getting rid of getting rid of Boyer. But if they had elected to keep him, I wouldn't have like been like, hey, like what? If, I wouldn't have like overly dramatically questioned it because I do think that to an extent those injuries. Um, would have been tough for a lot of teams and a lot of coaches, a lot of defensive coordinators to overcome. So I feel like given, I feel like, I feel like McDaniel kind of has, has a little bit more cachet after year one. It's like, all right, we haven't been to the playoffs since 2016. You check that box off. We may do with a crap ton of injuries and you still were able to lead this team to the playoffs and be very, very competitive with your third string rookie quarterback. I think, I think that gave McDaniel a lot of cachet to be like, all right, after year one, if I see some coaching staff staff changes that need to be made, all right, I have the leeway to do that, um, and you know maybe not get as much pushback. So obviously we got to wait and see who they bring in as the offensive line coach. But um, you know on the outside it looked like Apple One did a good job, but obviously McDaniel, uh, maybe they 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 saw that it was best to go in a different direction. Yeah, I. Uh... I always wonder about that when you uh you have these one year one and done things like how you know are we talking personality clash are we talking a clash it didn't seem it didn't seem like that i mean again yeah. all all the guys on the offensive coaching staff it seemed like they kind of were like the same kind of the same mold they were you know teachers maybe not the 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 old school stereotypical kind of you know yell on yell at your back yeah. like they they seem like they were the same mold so and, and, maybe, and maybe the and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need a mix, you know, yeah. um, you know, and you, and you don't have, you know, you know, five, five guys, you know, five guys singing the same, you know, singing at the same level, you know, that's not the temptations. And um, you need, sometimes you need people who, you know, who bring different things and that's the, that's the mesh. Um. So, you know, and I also think when you're, he's coming in his first year, uh, it's always tough to put together that first staff. You know, you're, you have some things in mind. You really, you think you know what you want, and then you find out what you want during the season. And so it's, you know, and, Again, you think, you know, this guy is what you want. You like what is like his results, but maybe, you know, maybe you find out. Okay, that's 
what he do, what he does or how he meshes with everybody else it's too you know nah that's it's just not the right mix so um so that yeah that was that was obviously a surprise the you know the the defensive coordinator switch not a surprise at all i think yeah i think they needed to have even taking injuries into account they needed to have a tremendous a great season for uh more you have been able to yeah, yeah say okay okay fine you know i'll i'll keep the holdovers it's you know um we'll stay we'll stay in pat on that but you know they didn't but they you know that was a defense that allowed them to be competitive uh, that you know allowed them to win the last you know the last regular season game and get into the bus and, and gave them you know, gave they them, got them back in the chances. game. They got them back in the game. Yeah, yeah, gave them chances in that in the in the playoff game when uh, you know, yeah, they look like they're about to be blown blown out, but that's what we thought was going to happen. And then uh, you know, they got them back in the game. So, um, so you know, yeah, not not surprising. So, yeah, we had a, a surprise on one side. Not so much of a surprise on the defensive side. Um, again, it's commission to see who they bring in to develop um, as the new offensive line coach. Because you know, as we said before, that's a that's a position, or I guess a position coach that they have not been able to really nail and get a consistent developer. Um, you know, and we've, we see and we've seen the results on the offensive line the past uh, several years. Um, so several yeah, decades. <laughs> so, yeah, several decades. I was gonna say, yeah, several several decades. Honestly, it's it's been it's been a while since you know that's that's not the seventies. <laughs> They really haven't had they haven't had that they haven't had that unit really together and you know kind of locked down since maybe the late nineties. So yeah. It's just yeah. it's like the Lions quarterbacks or something like that, you know. Um probably shuffling somebody in. Yeah. So but yeah, they got they got to get that figured out for sure. So we'll see uh, who they bring in uh, this off season. All right, uh, we're gonna take a short break, but when we come back on the side of things, we got we got to talk Super Bowl. I know the Dolphins aren't in there, but we got to talk Super Bowl. Eagles, Chiefs, who you taking? Uh, we're gonna talk about all of that. So stay locked with us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. What's going on, everybody? Back here on the Dolphins in Depth podcast with Dave and Neil. Can't say talking all things Dolphins for the second half. I know we did in the first half, <laughs> but it's Super Bowl week, so, <laughs> so yeah. you know we ain't talking. We gotta talk Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, we, we 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 gotta talk Super Bowl. Obviously, uh, Philadelphia Eagles taking on uh, the Kansas City Chiefs in Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Um, a lot of really interesting storylines. Obviously, the, the uh, third Super Bowl appearance for Kansas City in four years. Uh, even after trading Tyree Kill, um, kind of shuffling up their roster, some of their vets uh, leaving Kansas City. Chiefs are back. They're back. I mean, that's that, that's all. Uh, 
I saw Patrick Mahomes right there, but obviously he has uh, you know a nice cast of guys around him. Andy Reid, obviously a head coach, but on the other side, you've got Andy Reid's former team, the Eagles, who you know I believe four years after uh, they knocked off the Patriots, uh, they're back. They uh, they got a new cast. They got a new quarterback and Jalen Hurst. They got a new coach and Nick Sirianni. Um, and you know they're they're probably one of the. I mean, they're probably the most you know well-rounded team during the the regular season and definitely during the the postseason where they've just kind of ran through the competition. Um, so it's gonna be a really cool matchup. You know, as I said, a lot, a lot of really cool storylines with uh, Andy Reid facing his former team. Um, you know, you got the Kelsey brothers. Uh, you know, Jason and uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, matching up each other. Um, one thing I wanted to ask uh, you, being the NFL historian that you are, um, I'm sure as you know, it's the first uh, first ever Super Bowl matchup between two black starting quarterbacks. Um, I just want to kind of get your thoughts. You know, being the historian that you are, um, the OG that you are. I mean, wh- wh- what does that mean? Like how like how significant is that? What's interesting. I think we mentioned it on one of the podcasts earlier this year. It kind of was a throwaway line. It's like, you remember remember when you need to be like, you know, when all the quarterbacks were white and the drop, straight drop back passers and everybody, that like that's what everybody looked for. And now, you know, nobody blinks when coming out of, you know, you get guys coming out of college who are, you know, so-called dual threat quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, but, and which – Look, let's face it. That's that's a term that's only applied to. It's really only applied to to black quarterbacks. I mean, yeah. Joe, Joe Montana early in his career before his back surgery, he he was what we would call today a dual threat quarterback. in In the Super Bowl against the Dolphins, he ran for fifty nine yards and a touchdown. You yeah. know that, that, that's a dual threat quarterback when you're also throwing for three thirty one. You know, um, but. These kind of quarter these these quarterbacks, uh, you know, your quarterbacks with mobility, uh, and quarterbacks who maybe aren't as polished a passer as you might usually want. Now teams are saying, "Okay, fine. Guess what? We'll, you know, we'll work on that, and we'll get, you know, we'll get them some receivers also." And the fact that we can run the ball with this guy and, you know, use him in the running game, gee, that that's because most coaches really, really would like to just run the ball well. Yeah. It's just like a lot, lot, lot fewer variables, a lot more, you know, you know, you don't worry as much. You get, you get wind and snow and all this stuff. They just say, okay, fine. We, we, we run the ball. You know, that's, that's why coaches really want to be, that's the type of teams they really want to be the, but what Philadelphia is now, and Philadelphia is as, as so-called old school traditional as any team in the league right now, that's the kind of team most coaches would prefer just mm-hmm. because it's just it's just fewer headaches. And also, Jim Brown had a great uh, stretch, you know, kind of wrote in one of his books. He said, it's a game of mental and physical domination. He said, and when you run the ball well, that's physical domination. Because you're kicking their butt, and it's mental domination because they know you're kicking their butt. He said, hey, give me a team that can run the ball and play defense. He said, I can coach them, you know, to the Super Bowl. And so you see, like, in the, in the situations of Jalen Hurts, uh, who, you know, wasn't that bad a passer. But, you know, 
he's gotten definitely gotten better. And you look at Chicago, mm-hmm. like a Justin Fields. They're they're not talking about ditching, you know, nobody with any sense is talking about ditching Justin Fields. They're like, it's okay, talking about enhancing, making use of that of that running ability and right. building him up as a passer. Yeah. Right. And so I, I you know, as we're we're in this era now, and it's interesting that because we're in this era, because that's how the position has evolved, mm-hmm. that it, you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, it's, it's a prerequisite. It's a prerequisite for the position almost. Right, like you right. have to be now, able to, yeah. now we're 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 at this point, and now it's kind of like, oh yeah, this this you, you know you it, it's it, this seems like a, just an inevitability almost. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't seem like this came out of as much out of maybe nowhere. Or this just kind of seems like, oh yeah, okay, well that's that's yeah, we figured. You know, you got Russ Wilson, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Jalen Hurts, you got, you know, Deshaun Watson before things went, you know, haywire with him. You, you know, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, you figured this was going to happen. I mm-hmm. I remember in two thousand four when you got to the championship games or the NFC championship game rather, and it was Mike Vick. And Donovan McNabb, yeah, and that was a big that was a big deal because you know your dominant quarterback, you know, and Dante Culpepper had had a great season also, um, but your dominant quarterbacks, you know, are still you know Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, um, you know, that was kind of what people still thought. You know, Ben Roethlisberger was a rookie and having a great year, and here's Eli Manning coming as a rookie. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers. So the fact that you had Vic and McNabb, uh, I think that was the first time two black quarterbacks played in a conference championship game. That actually seemed like a bigger deal than this does. Cause it did just, it just, it seemed it's like. almost seemed inevitable at this point. Like with, you yeah, know. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. This, yeah. Huh. You know, cause you know, somebody was going to make it out, you know, it, it just, that's, that's just how it feels, you know? Um, yeah. It, um, and like I say, they, they're, that in that NFC Championship game with McNabb and Vic seemed like so much more of a kind of a sea change where you're going, are we looking at some something of the future? Is there something happening here? And then, you know, when you start to you know, see the pendulum swing, you get a Cam Newton after that, you get, uh, you know, you get RG3 picked high in the draft. Okay, you know you know, didn't have his career, didn't go completely the way everybody thought, but look where he was taken again. Mm -hmm. And that kind of quarterback, um, you knew going in this guy, you know, he's not just going to be about, you know, throwing for 300, you know, he might burn you for a hundred also on the ground. And that as that sea changes happened, they say, this comes like, okay, yeah, well, you know, you look at when you look around and it's, you know, how many black quarterbacks do you have in the league right now? Yeah. Pretty fair number. So it's kind of like, okay, sooner or later, it's, you're going to have you know, two of them are going to meet the Super Bowl. It's like I say, it's, it doesn't, it just feels like, you know, okay, inevitability. Um, and I think it's, it's an evolution that, you know, start, you know, we saw starting kind of back in that oath. Back in 04, when you had Culpepper, Vic, and McNabb, who were all mobile guys, um, and Culpepper and, and McNabb were obviously better passers than Vic, 
uh, are more able to work from the pocket than Vic, but and McNabb better than Culpepper. But you know, like I say, that was this seems like okay. This is the end of this is the end of that train, and I don't think I don't think we're still. I, I just I don't think there's a there's a thing anymore about you know a black quarterback or a dual threat quarterback or you know I mean there, even when Vince Young came out there was the can that quarterback can that kind of quarterback win a Super Bowl can he lead a team to the Super Bowl can, I mean. Now nobody asked that. You know, if a, if you got Vince Young coming out today, everybody'd be like, "Him." Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, that, that, yeah that's, that's that's our guy. That's our guy. That's our guy. You know, so it's it's you know definitely a difference in how the, the game's played, how things are viewed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that that's the big one, like yeah. the perception. Because I remember um, when I was uh, covering the Ravens, you know, a couple years back. Um, obviously, I covered the Mars MVP season, and I wrote a story about how about, I believe that was the 100th, that may have been the 100th season, or maybe it was the year before. Um, but they, you know, I, I wrote a story on how I think that that season, like we we had the most black quarterbacks up to that point. We had the most black starting quarterbacks that like begin the season of leading teams, and you know, I spoke to 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 Doug Williams and Mike Vick about um, you know the kind of like the general progression of the black quarterback. Where there was a time where you know you had Chuck Harris and you had you know a whole bunch of you know quarterbacks. Uh, Black, black players that you know weren't even allowed essentially weren't even allowed to play quarterback it was right. like nah you're going to wide receiver you're going to cornerback you're going to running back um you know and then you again you have that change over time in, in the perception and the views of you know black athletes black quarterbacks um where not only are you know front offices saying like all right these guys can play quarterback but like they're actually like building around them and the game has shifted where like you know their 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 ability to run and their athleticism. Um, you know, isn't maybe viewed as like a negative. Like it's like a right. it's a plus. Exactly. It's a plus, and and you've seen that with the way that the the, the Eagles have built around you know Jalen Hurts, where they're like make it. It's like all right, we're not we're, we're going to embrace that. You know, we're going to really embrace that, and we're going to we're going to use that to elevate our offense. Um, so you know, I, I know they they spoke about it as well. They've been asked about it the past two weeks, and they said you know it's it's great for representation. It's great that you know that the perception has changed and that, you know, four or five, six year olds can see, you know, us in that position and say, all right, like I want to do that too. Cause there's a time where, you know, a lot of black athletes were like, Hey, I, I'm going to just go to wide receiver. That's the only way I'm going to, I'm going to get on the field. And I mean, the, you know, when you have, you know, Dak Prescott's been the Dallas Cowboys quarterback for a while. And we were talking, yeah. free, you know, not a while, while, but a few years. And that's as, you know, much a glamor position in the end of any, yeah, there is. And you know, that's what that's what he's you know he's a quarterback who can throw he he can run and that's what he has been. Yeah, that's yeah. what he was in college. That's what he's been in Dallas. And um, yeah, it's the the it's interesting how the uh, the you know the so called dual threatness is not a seen as a as a minus now. It's like okay, wait a minute, yeah, yeah, wait a minute that 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 kind of does work. You know that that and especially if we and you know the way the evolutions of the offense is also when you yeah. you know you're talking the zone reads and all that stuff spread stuff um, where you gotta you gotta be able to move yeah right and it's what everybody's doing and how everybody's you know what everybody's doing coming out of college uh 
and it kind of was like, okay, wait a minute. You kind of need to be that. I, I, I have a hard time thinking about a quarterback today just being a straight drop passer. I mean, it, it just – I mean, Tom Brady's there. There's, there's way more – there's way more Jalen Hurts's and Lamar Jackson's coming into the NFL than right. Tom Brady's. You know, I'm not and, saying that they that they move exactly like Jalen Hurts, but they're they're more skewed to that type right. of quarterback and in terms of in terms attributes. You, you have to. There's the ability to do that, if even if you don't necessarily want to. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, uh. The quarterbacks who aren't particularly good at that, you've seen them have, you know, you see them have some struggles. You see them have some struggles coming into the league, or there seems to be a ceiling on where on where they go. I mean, you know, uh, but no, it's it, it. I mean, it's a nice, it's a great thing. I, I think it's a great thing. It's a nice thing, and you know, representation matters. It's great to see it. Yeah. But I do think it feels very inevitable. Like I, I have, if you're a young if you're it, when Doug Williams was the first black quarterback to start a Super Bowl, you were if you were a young black kid and you looked at the NFL, you had doubts to whether they would accept you as a quarterback. I mean, it, we weren't that far from Warren Moon, who was tearing up the league. Warren Moon didn't get drafted. Okay, yeah. So we you weren't we weren't go to a whole different. League. He had to go to a whole different league before you got a chance. Yeah. yeah. He had to go yeah. tear up another league. <laughs> yeah. Went, went five straight titles there and then come in and, and you know, which actually kind of worked out well for him because he made a lot of money in Houston. But, but you know, you you couldn't look at the NFL and say, okay, wait a minute. I, I it's they're going to give me a fair shot. And I think now if you are that dual threat quarterback in high school, you can you say, hey, I can, I can take this game. And refine, improve and refine it to the college level. And mm-hmm. if I improve and refine it some more, I can take it to the NFL. And the NFL will be receptive if I'm, you know, if I'm good enough. Yeah. And that's not something that maybe could have been said. Thirty. Years ago. Yeah. To, you know, but you know, and maybe a little more so. You know, a little more receptive. 10 years ago, obviously, um, like I say, you had Cam Newton coming in and doing doing his thing. And, you know, Russ came in in 2012 and played the game his way and, you know, did what he did. RG3 was drafted in 2012. So, yeah, it's really been like an evolution that you've seen over the last decade. Um, yeah. And uh, so cool. Yeah. It's, you know, one of those things Definitely. you see, it's sort of like a black president. It's like, like, yeah, okay, get out of here. We ain't, we're not seeing that. Like, but yeah. uh, that's definitely definitely one of the uh, many cool moments. And so, so, cool so, you, so, so who, who you like in this game? Oh uh, man, yeah, I was gonna say we got to get out of here real quick. But um, I'm gonna take the Eagles. I think that they're the more well-rounded team. Um, I just think that they're gonna be able to run the ball well. I, I don't know. I feel like it's it, it lead, this leans more of a high-scoring game. I think that uh. They're gonna be able to run the ball well. They're gonna be able to throw the ball. Um, and that defense is that defense is, is good. That, that Eagles defense is good. They can rush the passer. They got guys in the back end. Um, but it's like you just can never count Mahomes out. You just can't. But I, I'm, I'm gonna do it this time. I think that uh, we, we kind of saw that that uh, that 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 
half to victory a couple years back. Obviously, it was a little different when they played uh, Tampa Bay a couple years back because Mahomes' offensive line was, like, decimated. But I think that this defensive line for, for Philly is good enough to really give Mahomes trouble. You know, he doesn't have a Tyree. I know I know the guys that he has at wide receiver, they've been stepping up. Um, but um, Hardman's out. You know, they got some injuries there. They're not – they don't have a Tyreek guy that's really going to stress the defense. Um I'm gonna take Philly in like a like a three point game, maybe like a twenty eight twenty five type of game. What about you? Uh, this is actually reminding me of Tampa a couple years ago, where you you know you looked up and down the roster and you went or the matchups and you went, there's not a lot of them that favor Kansas City, and yeah. as much as as good as Kansas City is and as Goose Mahomes is as much as you you've seen them like come from 20 points down in the playoffs and everything. Um, this doesn't look good. And also, it's also the uh, you know, when you this matchup of the great offense and the number one offense against the number one defense, I think that's what I think we've got the third matchup of that. Uh oh. it doesn't go well for the offense. <laughs> it hasn't gone well for the offense at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it usually winds up a route for the defense. And I think that's a similar matchup. It just I, I uh the Eagles can run the ball. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. Uh Kansas City is not going to be able to run the ball. And that's going to make them very one-dimensional, even and they're going to even get even more one-dimensional. Uh if the Eagles, you know, get up and you know, score on their first drive and uh, I would not be surprised if, like, the Eagles' defense, like, breaks Mahomes at some point. <laughs> like, they broke those San Francisco quarterbacks. Um, and, um, I, I, yeah, I, I like I like Philly saw pretty solidly in this one. I'm going to go – I'm going to go 35-17. Oof, man. Yeah, I, I, I don't – I don't like this matchup at all for Kansas City. Uh and uh, the Eagles are have been the best team all all year. I don't know that they're a great team. I remember one point earlier this year, I said they kind of remind me a little bit of the '72 Dolphins, where you, that whole season there, people were like, eh, "Yeah, but yeah, but like they, they were they were just handling business, like, right?" And then, and then it was yeah. just then you look back and you went, "Well, dang on, you know, <laughs> yeah." They, and you they, you finally got to the last game and you're like. Wait a minute. Maybe they are the best. You know, they are the best team, and they are the the most well rounded team. They've, you know, I think they lost what one game when Jalen Hurts started. Yeah, sixteen on one with Hurts as a starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, they're they're just they're very well rounded, and I think they're gonna get they're gonna get after uh, Mahomes in a way that. It's going to ra- that's going to not rattle him, but it's going to make things a lot easier on the back end for Philly. And they they're strong on I think on all levels. So yeah, I, just, I, I think Kansas City is a very very good team. They're a very very good team year in and out. It's a very good five year stretch for them. Um, but for that, you know that line that guy lined up an offside in the AFC Championship game in 2018. They would, I think they could have had two Super Bowls in 18 and 19. But, um, yeah, I, I, same feeling as going to that Tampa game a couple years ago. Don't like the matchup. I think the better teams on the other side. So, 
All right, so we're both rolling with the Eagles this yeah. Sunday. I, I got to ask again before we get out, how excited are you for the halftime show? We got Rihanna. She's pretty much been like in the dark the past couple of years. She's coming back doing a halftime show. Are you you're excited? Are you not? You, you, you feeling you feeling Riri? Are you you're like, nah, I'm, I'm from, uh, mm-hmm. I need somebody else? Uh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of happy they stopped going with like the old, the people from my generation. It's like, yeah. come on, man. You know, I, I, I'm happy they moved it up a little bit. Yeah, you got Jay Z. Jay Z getting, getting, he's getting a contemporary artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I got Bruno tired Mars of the Mars and Beyonce. Yeah. Man, they, they getting it right now. Yeah, yeah. I like the, I like the doing moving forward, and. um I, I don't know if I get. I'm saying I'm excited about the halftime show. I'm I'm okay with it. I mean, um, I'll probably sit and watch it. Um, but uh, you know, I, I I generally don't get excited about halftime. The uh, you you feel like you strike me as someone that like like what, what was your favorite halftime show? This you strike me as like you're gonna you're gonna say like Prince or somebody like that. Oh, per, I, I like really like uh, yeah. Everyone loves everyone loves love, love Prince. Love, yeah, I love Prince. Uh, Prince was great, and uh, you know, obviously in the rain, the rain, and all that. That was that yeah. was great. Um, uh, Bruno Mars, and who who else was with him? Uh, I think he brought he brought Beyonce out, didn't he? Didn't he? Did he bring Beyonce out? Was that? Yeah, yeah. That was Super Bowl Fifty, I think, or was it? Yeah, that was Fifty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah. Was, I, I like that one. I like that one. And, I'm a Beyonce. Yeah. I'm a Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce got the best one in my in my opinion. You know, she shut down the lights and. In uh in uh New Orleans, so as far as far as I'm concerned, that's the best Super Bowl halftime show ever. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be topped. That's just you, you, you're just happy because the Ravens were kicking, were kicking their butts, <laughs> the 49ers butts from all oh, over the man. field. Then Miles Jordan, you, you show. Were probably they, you could have had like somebody out there with a the ukulele, and you'd be like, "Oh, that's the best halftime show <laughs> ever." <laughs> all right, that's funny. That's funny. Nah, Beyonce did her thing. Beyonce did her thing. So it should be it should be a good one too. The, the one here a couple years ago uh, with uh, was it Shakira and. Um, Oh, I, I, I think there was a, there was a lot of mixed views on that one. I, I, like see, I, see, I liked or, it. I liked it. Yeah. I was I was I was fine with it. I know there were some people who were you know oh it's too much. It was, it was like yeah. It's either I mean I, I feel like whoever does it any every year it's always like half the people love it, half the people hate it. So you just kind of whatever. If you like it, you I, like it. If you don't, yeah, you don't. I, I just I just I'm just like I said I, I got tired of the you know oh yes you got the Rolling Stones. You're like oh come on really and stop. You know, I, yeah, it, it, the halftime show should not be should not look like like the top twenty five list on my playlist. You know, most played on my iPod. No, no, um, really shouldn't. Uh, you, you know, let's let's be more current. Let's get let's get contemporary. Let's get, yeah. let's get the. Let's get, we, we, I mean, yeah. they got they got to cater to the young folks anyway. That right. the young like, folks are coming up, so they got to cater to them. Like, like when Michael when they had Michael Jackson in ninety two, Mike was still he, he was yeah, still, yeah. still breaking out hits. That was okay. Sure. Oh whoa, you know that's what that. Got, got everybody's attention. That's what you need. Like that, you know, let's 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 do that. It's the Super Bowl. Let's come that strong at halftime. You know, that's 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 cool. So yeah. yeah. I'm excited. I haven't seen Rihanna in forever. She hasn't dropped music in a while. So it should be a fun one. Should be a fun game. Uh definitely gonna be a fun week. I'm enjoying myself out uh, out here. I've got plenty of stories coming. Um, you know, one that actually is posted um to Christopher Columbus. Hi, alum uh, Josh Job of the Eagles and Deion Bush of the Chiefs. Um, first time that Columbus alum have met in the Super Bowl. We've got a couple players that have uh, made it to the big game in years past, but the first time that 
two are facing off. Um, I wrote a story about that, so definitely check that out. Um, got a bunch of stories coming up from Roger Goodell's press conference uh, on Wednesday. Um, a whole bunch of other stuff happening this week. So definitely stay tuned to Miami Herald. As, as David said, subscribe to Miami Herald. Check that out throughout the week. Um, yeah, definitely pumping out a bunch of stories. Um, so I'm just trying to make the most of this opportunity and uh, have fun out here. Well, that brings us to the end of another edition. I will channel. also uh, yep. try, oh, folks, I'm gonna try to update my Super Bowl history. That's on, okay. that's on our site. We have like two or three versions of it. <laughs> Super Bowl history, game by game, every yep. single Super Bowl. I'm going to update it. And because uh, I've skipped it, I think, the last two years or three years just because I was tired. And uh, <laughs> But we're going to update that. And, uh, yeah, so settle, settle, you know, something you can use to amuse yourself and settle a lot of arguments, you know. We got yeah. it all to mind here. I mean, what more can you say? <laughs> we got it all for you. All right. Cool, cool. So, well, as always, uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the game, and we will be back again to recap Dolphins football. We can't recap Dolphins football, but discuss Dolphins football again next week. Hey, I mean, hey, if the Dolphins drop some news, we'll be here to, uh, okay. to recap right. it. Right. But until then, you guys take care. I got to do, man. It's Valentine's Day. Thank you.